You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Beverly Isla. Now, this episode, we'll be talking about the realities of having a pet, particularly the costs and expenses involved in owning a dog. And as rescue organizations take on more surrendered dogs, it's worthwhile to discuss one of the main reasons why dogs are given up from unexpected vet bills to unforeseen family circumstances that make it difficult for owners to continue the costs. Our guest today will talk to us about this topic in detail and help us better understand what's involved. So our first guest is a pet expert who's been featured in several mainstream media outlets, Charlotte Reed. She has grazed shows like CNN, The View, Good Housekeeping, and many more. Her company, Two Dogs and a Goat, Inc., has grown from a one-woman operation to a premier full-service pet care provider. Our second guest is Reese Miller, founder of Fairytale Endings, Inc., It's a non-for-profit organization whose mission is to help financially struggling families keep their pets and provide proper care through financial aid, product, service, donations, and education. Very noble, their mission. When we get back from these messages, we'll talk with our first guest, Charlotte Reed. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Charlotte Reed, the founder of Two Dogs and a Goat and a renowned pet expert. Thanks for coming on today, Charlotte. Well, thank you so much for having me. I just want to update my bio a little bit. I oh, no yeah, longer absolutely. own two dogs and a goat, which is fine. It was a big part of my life for a really long time, and I got the experience to work with hundreds and thousands of dogs on hand. So nice. it was absolutely a great experience. Does that Whether include a goat? <laughs> Well, I'm the Capricorn goat, so that's okay. for my original two dogs, Katie and Kidder, and me, the Capricorn goat. So they were oh, my quote-unquote right. first dogs after I graduated from law school and yes. had to kind of foot all the bills myself. So this is a topic that I'm extremely familiar with. Perfect. And have, Perfect. And have talked about it on TV as well as in seminars. Great. It's great to see what you've built. So you just mentioned you were once a time a corporate lawyer on Wall Street before you decided to be, become an expert on everything pet related. And now you're being seen on major media. What made you shift industries? 
Well, you know, it's really interesting. I always grew up with dogs and cats and horses and birds. Uh-huh. And I came home one day, and I found my dog walker dressed in my clothes. And mm-hmm. there he was, voguing in the mirror. And I always tell people, oh I think he's better in the outfit than I did. <laughs> and that kind of started my career. And that story has kind of gone down in the, uh, it's one of the New York stories. It's funny, because every so often, I'll go to a party in New York at least once or twice a year, and I'll hear that story when people start talking about, you know, their nannies, their dog walkers, and that story will always come up, and I'll always have to correct people about the facts, and they'll say, well, how did you know? I'm like, because it was about me. (laughs) So, actually, Mark Milken, who wrote the story originally for New York Magazine, he ended up buying a dog as an impulse purchase, and the whole article was about his angst with his dog walker and the relationship with his dog and how he spent, you know, hours in therapy. What he should have been talking about in his life, he was talking about the dog and the dog walker. So mm-hmm. he decided since the dog and the dog walker were taking over his life, he wanted to see if other people had the New York dog story. And sure enough, I ended up in that article. And I think it was one of the changers for me. I mean, I had pressed before, but, you know, and to this day, I still keep in touch with Mark Malkin, and he's with the ESPN yeah. Network. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> story is awesome. It's pretty cool. I see your website, and I do command that you do a lot of education for pet owners. And since you are very familiar with the topic of expenses, and I'm sure the majority of people looking for a dog understand the costs involved, but perhaps you can give an overview of uh, some of the numbers. Sure. Well, I think one of the most important things that people... Let's start at the beginning because I think one of the most important things that people don't recognize is whether you are buying a dog from a breeder or whether you're adopting a dog, there are always fees involved. Yes. And, you know, there are rescues that will charge anywhere from $75 or $35. And sometimes they might even be pets for free depending on how many pets are in a shelter. There was one great promotion that a Seattle shelter did. If the pet was over like 14 pounds, they gave you the price of the pet was charged oh, for half huh. price of the weight. So if the Aww. cat was 20 pounds, they charged you $10 because they had so many cats in the shelter. So one of the things you really have to do is compare fees. And mm. that's even with the adoption agencies or some of the rescue groups because some will charge more than others. You know, I don't know why someone's charging $700 for an adoptable dog, but that's happened down here in Florida where I go between New York and Florida. Or, you know, if you have a more popular breed of dog and a breeder is charging you $2,500 to $3,000, sometimes it has to do with the quality of the dog. It has to do with all of the testing. So make sure whatever you decide to do, you understand what the fees are. And also, when you're obtaining a dog, whether it's a purebred Uh, And that could even be from a shelter or from a purebred rescue group. Because I think really the choice is about what you want or what your dream dog is. So I never make any judgments about a type of dog that people have. But I always tell people to think about when they're looking into a dog, what are those dogs? Like certain people have certain diseases. (laughs) Certain dogs end up with certain diseases. So, for example, I was just reading an article about diabetes, okay, in dogs. It was a study that was just done. And there's certain breeds of dog who are prone to diabetes. So there's Schausers, Samoyeds, Toy Poodles, Pugs, Australian Terriers. So you have to think about, are those possible expenses that can come up during the course of a dog's life if it's a certain breed? Like mm-hmm. your large dogs, your mixes, they have hip dysplasia. So you also want to think about that. So. That is true, yeah. So those are things you need to keep in in your mind when you're picking a particular breed or breed mix. 
Okay. So then there's the basic, you know, how am I going to live with my dog? I mean, buying food. I think most yeah. of the numbers are wrong that come in various organizations. I'm not feeding my dog like the Walmart brand of food. <laughs> they oh, yeah, exactly. Low end. I mean, don't you agree, Beverly? They tend to be yep. on the low end. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people these days are buying healthier quality of food. So, and you think about it, it's like most people are spending $65 for a bag of dog food. Okay. So, and that's one reason I tell people to feed the serving size. Now I'm getting really down to the dollars and cents. <laughs> if you feed the serving size, that bag of food will last a lot longer. <laughs> Over a week? <laughs> and, well, I mean, think about it like this. You have your bag of food, and if you feed the serving size, you'll have a very good idea. Number one, you'll avoid health problems because you won't have overweight dogs, right? The mm-hmm. other thing is you'll have an idea of how long that bag of food lasts. So for you, how long does a bag of food have last for you? Oh, gosh. With my fosters, they'll last, they last quite a bit because they don't eat much. So a couple okay, of weeks. So you probably feed a quarter cup, so three or four weeks. Yeah. Okay. So if a bag of food lasts four weeks, right? You know, so basically, you're gonna, if it's four weeks, you're going to buy 12 bags of food a year times the cost of the bag of food. So I like to do that because it always helps people develop a budget for your food. Exactly, yeah. So, and that all... Right, and that also boils down to treats as well. If you're buying like the milk bones, which are on sale, are two fifty, right? And they're X number of bags, and you give your dog a treat or two treats a day. Now, this is people who are really worried about their finances, and I find more and more people, especially those mommy bloggers out there who budget everything, who look for coupons and everything else. That's one way to go. Once you know what your bag of food is, or you have a brand, everybody will give you coupons. Coupons mm. are great. You can write to, like, you can go online to your, a lot of people don't even bother doing this. You can go online to that bag of food that you buy, and you can write them, or you can call customer service and tell them what your name is and that you, you know, you love their food. You know, right now you're having a little difficult economic time, and they'll give you, because who isn't, they'll give you some coupons. I get coupons for lots of brands of foods that I don't even use, and I pass them out to people all the time. I always keep some in my purse. Uh-huh. Someone says they use this brand of food or that brand of food. That's great. In-store demos. If you see somebody doing an in-store demo, ask for some coupons. You know, so that's one way to cut down on food expenses. I guess um, I was going to say bulk, but then the quality would decrease over time if you buy bulk. Well, bulk is, bulk is a good idea, but you have to make sure that you store it adequately. And most yeah. people do not store food adequately. Okay, so I have a question for you. When you buy pet food, do you keep the bag? Or do you throw it away? After it's finished? No, before you're using the bag of food. Do you keep it or do you pour it into a container? Oh, no, I keep it. Okay, that's great. That's a great answer. Most people don't realize every <laughs> single bag is coated with specific information. And uh-huh. also, bags are actually specially created to help keep the food as fresh as possible. So, God forbid one of your pets has an accident or gets sick you'll at least be able to have the bag of food so that the FDA or your vet oh, have right. that recorded. So it's very important to keep the bag of food. So so moving right on to get back to the expenses. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about the vet. Average vet costs are probably oh, somewhere. Gosh. They say it's like two fifty eight. I that's not right. Two okay, fi- so two hundred fifty eight. Yeah, that's somewhere not- like that. 
And that's very low, okay? Yeah. So you have to recognize this. Wherever you are in parts of the country, now, I, girl, you're fabulous. I've seen you. You're a hot mama from California, so live in large. So your vet's probably super expensive. Oh, I'm from Canada, but yeah, it's still expensive up, down okay. here, up here. <laughs> right, it's, right. So you think about Canada, you think about New York, the major metropolitan cities, you're going to have really high vet care costs. If yep. you're living someplace like, you know, Alabama, you're not going to have as high vet care costs. So depending on the city that you live in, vet care costs are going to, you know, they're going to vary. A perfect example is when you start getting into pet insurance. Some people pay $30 a month. Some people pay $60 a month. Why is that? Because a lot of it has to do with the vet care costs yes. in the city that you live in. Okay. So when you take those costs, then the other thing people always make a mistake in when they go to their, their annual checkup, they always say, how much do the shots cost? The shots, the shots. <laughs> they only ask about the shots, right? You've heard that. They yeah. ask about the annual visit and they ask about the shots. Okay. And they don't ask about all of them because depending on where you live in the country, you might have problems. So, for example, if you live in an area where there are lots of raccoons, you're probably mm. going to be left with a frozen shot, which could be anywhere from $10 to $25 how much your vet charges. So, for yeah. example, now that I live most of my time in Florida, we don't have ticks as much here as we would in the Northwest or yeah. the Northeast. So some people won't necessarily get a Lyme shot, okay? So you need to ask about what you should ask. How much is the visit other than distemper, parvo, you know, and the rabies shot? If you don't get right, you want to ask about what other shots do you think that your dog will need? So, for example, here in Florida, we recommend everyone get Giardia. Giardia is a protozoan bacteria that can be passed from people to pets. It's basically dogs get it from stagnant water. So yeah. that's an additional charge. Obviously, that shot's like 15 bucks, right? Mm, but okay. maybe somebody would not necessarily recommend Giardia. So you also want to ask, what is the cost of the blood panel? Because dogs and a lot of people shortchange themselves. They never get the blood panel, which can be anywhere as cheap as like $40 and up. So you want to have the blood panel because just like you go to the doctor every year and you have a series of blood tests, the vet can cut a lot of diseases off, especially in cats where you have silent diseases or you have a dog who's at that point between five and six years of age. Yes, so yep. ask about the blood panel, ask about what shots that you need, and to make it a lot easier for you, don't call the vet at the busiest hours. Call the office early in the morning or call, like, right before lunch or call, like, some point at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when it slows down a little bit. Then you'll be able to get all of your questions answered. Uh, that's okay? a good suggestion, yeah. So that's one of the things that you need to have. Then you have other things that come up. Okay, we're going on vacation. Now, what I learned, don't laugh when I tell you this, I have found in most cases, if I'm driving on a vacation, it's a lot cheaper to take my dog with me and stay in a head-friendly rental house than it is to take my dog and leave him in the kennel or have a pet sitter. Oh, yeah, I can. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Okay, so when people start figuring in the cost of a pet yearly, they never figure in those expenses. So a lot of the times, I rather have a house 
And, you know, I'll bring the crate or whatever I need just in case because you never know how your dog's going to react. But that's another expense. It's always a great idea to have like a one-time expense like a crate. But, you know, leashes and collars, you need those. What are those? By the time you're done with the leash and collar set, it's like 25 bucks, even for the, you know, the regular stuff that you buy at the regular store, not the fancy leather or anything like that. Oh, yeah, you the know? accessories. And then, course, right. And then you go from puppy to like older dog, you know, one, mm-hmm. you need another collar set. Or they get dirty or they're afraid. So you figure in the course of a dog's life, now dogs live 10 to 15 years, maybe longer depending on the breed. If you have like a sheet shoe, for example, it can live 20 years, okay? And as the mm-hmm. dog gets older, you're going to have more expenses. You know, you figure dog beds, you figure flea and tick protection. Now I'm sure if you have more than one dog, right, Bev? That adds up. Not to mention the wardrobes. Right. Oh, and then if you're a fashionista like you, girl, you know, you need T-shirts and also, wait, wait a second, you're in Canada. So again, jackets. Yeah, that's expensive. You have to have jackets. Wait, and here's the other thing. You need probably right now your dog's about to wear a sweater because it's not that cold. But Mm -hmm. when it gets really cold in Canada and the dog's outside, you need more than one because the dog gets the one jacket dirty every time he goes outside as the snow gets dirtier and dirtier. Yeah. And it's gross. So you need at least two so that you can wash them. Plus, let's think about the grooming. I mean, grooming can be anywhere. Like now where I live, it's grooming. You can get your dog groomed for like $25 or a bath for 15 In New York, that would never happen. No. That's cheap, right? So you figure, okay, now if I'm back, if I'm here, $15, $20, $25, maybe 30 okay? So in New York, you're talking about a bath for a large dog that's 80 bucks. Most people are going to get their dog bathed once a month. That's pretty much what the vets recommend. So 80 times 12, or it can be 15 or 20 times 12. That still adds up. Yes. You know what oh I God. mean? So it's $240 on the cheap end. So these are all the kind of things that you need to break down. I mean, sometimes you have a once-in-a-lifetime purchase, like a crate. A lot of people have a tendency to get rid of their crate. It's a bad move. Always have a crate because, for example, today, we had a workman in fixing the dishwasher. So I locked one of my dogs up in a crate. We had a painter come in Saturday. I locked one of my dogs up in the crate. The other dogs were outside playing. So he's the older dog. So not that I didn't trust the dog, but he was he's a little older and, you know, but that's a once-in-a-lifetime purchase. But here's a little trick. So there's two things that I've learned in life, and you'll actually like them. A lot of times when people buy a dog and they have it flown in, guess one thing that they don't want to take with them when they pick their dog up from the airport? They never want to pick up the crate. The airport usually has an abundance of crates. So sometimes they'll give you a free crate if you ask, if you go to that area, and they say, do you have any crates here? So that's one way of attaining a free crate. The other way you can get a crate Mm. is I actually paid. I paid for a crate on Craigslist. I needed a crate. And this was when I lived in New York. So I remember calling, looking on Craigslist for a dog crate. The guy had a beautiful new dog crate. And I didn't want to go up to his house to get it. So I said, well, I'll pay for your cab fare one way. (laughs) So, I mean, like, I got a brand new dog crate for like 25 bucks. Nice. He just dropped it off. So there are all sorts of ways. Like, for example, if you have friends who have different age dogs and size dogs, swap some of the dog clothes. 
Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clean them up, gently use. Also, the other thing is, like, toys and stuff always get donated now. You know, toys are starting to get to be expensive. These dog toys are, like, $22, prices like that. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what? A lot of the good toy brands, like Jackson Bones, my friend Tina owns that company, and she makes dog beds and these great rope toys. You can buy those toys, girl, at TJ Maxx and Marshalls and Home Goods. So you can buy treats at those discount stores, too. I always tell people when they go to those stores, look for American-made or Canadian-made items or companies that have some social responsibility because you want to make sure the products are safe. But, you know, mm. instead of going to costumes, let me tell you, dogs don't wear costumes for Halloween. They wear costumes all year long, right? Yep. Guess <laughs> what the best time to buy costumes is? After January 1st. You can go buy those $20, $30 costumes for like 10 bucks. I have oh, they go on sale at that time? I didn't know that. They go on sale. Also, with Halloween coming up, here's what you do. Now, depending on if your dog is an unusual size, let's say you go to one of the larger pet stores. You know what I'm talking about. We don't have to yeah. promote them. You go yeah. to one of the larger pet stores. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. <laughs> they start discounting as you get closer to Halloween. So, like, if you go in the stores now, they're probably costumes. Two weeks out... From the holiday, they start discounting them because they want to get rid of them. A week out, they're gone. Most of the pet activities usually happen a week before Halloween. So Halloween is this year. It's really close, the 31st. A lot of the pet activities are the week before Halloween. Oh, okay. And a lot of the kids' activities are the weekend before. Right after that. Right. So after that, it's all about the adults and the adult parties. So if you're going to buy costumes... Buy them in the summertime. Buy them after the first of the year. A lot of times in the summer, you might want to wait till July when everyone wants to get rid of them and bring new inventory in. That's when you, for like 50 bucks, you can pick up five and six costumes. I mean, I use the costume for social media and taking pictures of my pets. Yeah. There's so (laughs) many things that you can do. I mean, like a lot of times, like places like the Salvation, like here, I never like here in Florida. There's something called Goodwill. I mean, I always thought Goodwill was kind of like an expression. Yeah, we have that really, here. Okay, there's like this huge conglomerate called Goodwill, and if you go in Goodwill now, they have pet stuff. They have crates. If you stop by, for example, a home sale or a yard sale, don't be surprised if you can find pet stuff. I found great Halloween like bandanas and a T-shirt last year. I was driving by, and it was like a whole house decorated with Halloween stuff. It was like pumpkins, like seven feet high, a couple, uh-huh. you know, one, one other, and I went by like two or three times, and I'm like, wow, let me stop by there. So I said, do you have any pet stuff? He goes, oh, yeah, it's over in that bin. It was like a gold mine. I found some really kind of cool, almost like vintage stuff. I paid like 10 bucks for it, walked away, and laughed all the way to the bank. So there's always ways to save money. And to make smart choices. I mean, you know, let's talk about health because that's where everything gets really dicey. So I always tell people regular examinations. I'd rather go in there, get spend the 40 or 50 bucks for the blood test than, you know, in six months or seven months, my dog is sick or three years later. It's important to be a responsible pet owner and take your pet to the vet every year. Get the test Thank done. Thank you. Right? You know what? How many times do people drink $7 Starbucks? Or, you know, depending on where you live, they go to NASCAR, they go gambling, they go to Vegas. You know what? The money that you piss away, and we all piss away money, that can be put in a jar, $5, $10. By six months, you'll have enough to pay for the vet. You'd be surprised. 
Yeah. I mean, do I do that? Yeah. No. But I always think about like, okay, how do I budget my money to, to end up longer? And I'm not a cheapskate by any means. You know, like for me, <laughs> I'm always thinking of like just ways in general to save money. There are coupons, like I said, there are coupons in the back of that. But in terms of health, compare and contrast veterinarians. Some people give a lot of things away to attract customers, like free nail trimmings and things like that. But then all the medication is like $4 more a pill. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you really have to develop a relationship with the vet, get your, your pet, have him see the vet every year, go for the testing, recognize that when a pet is like six or seven years old, he probably should go to the vet more. He's yeah. going to have more health ailments. And also, if you have a specific breed of dog, then recognize, or even if it's a mixed breed, know what that mix, those mixes, what, what they're prone to, mixes yeah. can have down the road. Yeah. That's where you're going to save yourself lots and lots of, of money. And then, you know, people have to make the choice. I mean, is pet insurance worth it? I don't know. I still haven't answered that question. Yeah, I'm not um, sure myself either. I would just rather just put aside some money on a monthly basis. Right. And I mean, you know, if you put away 40 and $50 every year, you could do okay. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, if you're spending for a lot of times people, what they opt for is they pay for the insurance and they take a higher deductible, which means that, I mean, they take a, right, so that the deductible is higher and their payments are lower. So yeah. The payments are 30, but the deductible is 1500 So what you could do is take the difference between the higher monthly payment and the lower monthly payment and put that in a bank account so that you can reach that $1,500 or that $2,000 cap. When you're looking for insurance, make sure you understand what the fine print says. That's when people, I mean, there's so Mm. many insurance companies now, True Panion, VPI, which is now nationwide. It can get really confusing. You know what? Go on a few websites. And make sure you understand what you're getting. Make sure they cover for pre-existing conditions. Not everyone covers pre-existing conditions. Mm, So what does that mean? If your dog is prone to hip dysplasia and it's a Burmese mountain dog, they're not going to cover it. If there's a good chance that I'll have a pre because, you know, they'll say, oh, that's genetic. So Mm -hmm. sometimes if you have a cocker, they won't cover cherry eye. Or an English bulldog, who those two breeds tend to get cherry eye a lot. So grooming, learn to groom your dog yourself a little bit. Or learn how to keep them clean. Some people are not, like, I was out, don't laugh, I was out not such a long time ago at the mall, at the discount mall, I should say, (laughs) put up my Ralph Lauren and discount and my Cole Haan. See, I wear fabulous. I just, you know, unless it's something I know I can't get a deal on, I'll be at the, the discount mall. So I met a couple who had these two beautiful, one was a golden doodle and one was a Portuguese water dog. And I said, oh, look at those dogs. They're groomed immaculately. And the Portuguese water dog had the Portuguese water dog haircut. And, you know, he's a pretty decent specimen for a purebred dog. And, um, you know, what I mean by that is not trying to be a snob, but about the right height and size and everything. And I said, isn't this interesting that you have the dog in that particular cut? And he said, the girlfriend proudly said, well, he does it himself. I said, you do? I'm so impressed. So there was someone who learned how to clip their own dog. And I said, well, I gave him some hints on how to do the legs better. But it's the same thing. If you, ha- you can bathe your dog yourself, one thing I think all pet owners can't be without is a handheld shower. Buy a good one, buy at least a six-foot hose, and mm-hmm. that way if your dog gets into something, go on the Internet because everyone's surfing on the Internet. You know, spend five minutes, learn how to groom your dog, just a bath. So maybe 
instead of getting a haircut every month, you can prolong it every yeah, six every few months. DIY, months. folks. DIY. Exactly. The one thing that everyone should learn to do is clip your dog's nails. Because even though people are afraid to do it, start when your dog is young or your cat is yeah. young. Or here's another one. Learn how to give your cat a bath. I'm probably the only person I know who bathes their cat on a regular basis. So you're the one and that does that cat it. up Facebook video. He doesn't love it, but he does it because he walks all over the bed. Now, he's still in the litter box. So in my delusional, probably, he's walked all over my pillow, sat on my head. He paws my face with those filthy litter box paws. I'm surprised I don't have diseases. But, you know, I mean, he's outside sometimes. He goes outside on the deck and hangs out in the lanai mm-hmm. and clothes. But, I mean, like, it's not hard. I mean, everything I've said to you, right, is something that you or any member of your listening right. audience. Yeah, there's always the things that we can all do. But, Charlotte, we are out of time. I'm so sorry I can talk to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> but thank you so much, Charlotte, for your time. And thank if anyone wanted to learn me. more, yeah, you're welcome. Your website is charlottereed.com. And they can also catch me on the Pet Buzz, which is on uh, WS3 Radio. Okay. And um, that's my weekly Perfect. radio show. Okay. And yeah, it's a lot of fun and you can get it on TuneIn. You can go to the website and listen listen live Sunday mornings between 9 and 10. Perfect. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's go to a quick break and we'll return with our next guest after these messages from our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo! Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Reese Miller with the not-for-profit organization Fairy Tale Endings. Hi, Reese. Thanks for coming on. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the angle you took with prioritizing families that have legitimate reasons for struggling financially that threatens their pets stay with them. And it's tackling the problem of homeless dogs from a different approach. So good for you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's exactly <laughs> what we're trying to do. Yeah. And like there's so many homeless dogs and a big portion of those dogs having been surrendered due to financial reasons, not because they're necessarily irresponsible. It's good to know that there's someone out there that can help. So maybe you can tell us more about your mission and how you how do you even find the ideal families in need? Because I'm sure a lot of people are probably out there trying to get help, even though it may not be a legitimate reason, right? 
Sure, sure. Our mission is pretty simple. We're basically dedicated to keeping wanted pets out of shelters and healthy, happy, and home with the families that love them. We do get tons of inquiries and applications every day. For the most part, they are people that are just like you and me. They're not irresponsible. They really are seeking assistance because they love their furry family member. Yeah. I actually started the organization while I worked at a shelter for many years. And the reason that I started it was because every day I was being bombarded with people coming into the shelter to surrender their pets that really didn't want to. They were mm. careful. They were desperate to keep them. And they really wanted to do the right thing for their pet. Oh, that must have been hard to watch. Yeah, it really was. But there was really no programs in our area to uh-huh. those types of families. So I had to start from the beginning. You're in Florida, um, right? Yes, in Sarasota, Florida. And we serve both Sarasota and Manatee County in Florida. Okay. Um, yeah, basically, we get a lot of people finding us from the Internet and Google searches and things like that. But the majority of our applicants are actually referrals from other area shelters and rescues. These are people that are coming into their organizations and looking for ways to keep their pets. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. A few of my fosters got surrendered because of that. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, how is there not an organization that can help with this sort of stuff? So you need to expand up here in Canada. There's actually, you know, it's coming to be a new trend, uh, pet retention type of organizations like ours, and it really needs to be supported more. Oh, it's called pet retention services. Okay, that's good to know. But the thing is, how do you avoid abuse of your services? I can see that. Like, well, really. yeah, well, with any social service type organization, you're always going to have a few people that, you know, try to abuse the system in some way. But honestly, mm-hmm. you really don't have a lot of problem with that. We have an application and eligibility guidelines that yeah. are have to meet. Amongst those things are that they have to prove their income or their participation in government assistance programs. So okay. they have to qualify financially. For families that may be having, you know, a, an income higher than that but are experiencing some kind of a, a temporary hardship, there has to be some kind of documentation proving that. And for those that are not on government assistance, they actually do have to apply for care credit and, you know, try to fund their own issues in other ways first. Mm-hmm. So our gotcha. biggest, yeah, I think our biggest problem or issue that we see that, it's something that we've actually had to adjust our process for is people that buy pets with not a lot of preparation and then when they do become sick or have an accident or an illness or an injury, apply for the services then. And one of our biggest things is that we are very much into responsible pet ownership. So before yes. you adding a pet, Yes. You need to be prepared financially for the possibility of veterinary expenses. Well, that's the thing, right? Where would you cross the line between being irresponsible or really being in a situation where surrender is justifiable? Well, you know, a good portion of our clients are actually seniors or disabled people that are on uh, restricted income, you know, that they don't have any ability to augment. They're not somebody Mm. that can necessarily go out and get a second job or, you know, they might even have transportation mobility issues that prevent them from really doing kind of any other things to increase their income to deal with either accidents, illnesses that come up. So yeah. What are some suggestions you have for for families in those predicaments? Like the elderly is just one group of the population. Right, sure. There's still a lot. 
and the younger right age. absolutely and you know one of the things that we really you know ask people to do is contribute as much as they can now for somebody like a senior or a disabled person that is on a, a restricted income they may not be able to do a whole lot but for other people we do ask them to number one like I said they have to apply for care credit which is a pretty standard you know credit in the pet industry and besides that, we also ask them to create their own fundraisers. There's you know, all types of online fundraising programs now. And we ask oh God, them to. Oh, God, so to, many. Yeah. And part of that is when they're successful, it's really dependent on their own marketing of their fundraiser to their family, their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, their support mm-hmm. system. People just don't go on randomly with all of the fundraisers out there and just pick their fundraiser. They have to make a concerted effort to do that. And then a lot of the crowdfunding sites out there, there's a lot of independence now on crowdfunding to help with their dogs. And yeah. I see I see a lot are doing good. So that's, that's a good um, yeah. avenue. Absolutely. And then things like holding garage sales, selling, Mm -hmm. you know, household items that they don't use or don't need in order to raise an extra income for themselves, for the pet. There's a lot of cases that are really expensive and we may be able to contribute a large amount to the surgery or the case, but maybe not all of it. So, you know, we do ask them to do what they can to help contribute to that. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Reese, would you have any, since you've pretty much seen all of the kind of reasons for surrendering um, in terms of finances, do you have any success story that stands out to you? Yes, we actually have this really just a cool story this last year. We have, we have ER partners that work with us, and, and they actually refer emergency cases to us. Oh, that, okay. you know, have a good. good. Yeah, they have a good prognosis for recovery. And as we all know, going to the ER can be hugely expensive for anybody. Yeah. let alone somebody that's lower income. So they refer to us cases that they would like to help and that have a good prognosis for recovery. So we got an ER case for a um, little pit bull girl named Remy who actually got out of her house and was hit by a car. Aww. She had some really extensive injuries. She had a fractured leg, but her most extensive injury was her jaw. Her jaw was completely fractured. And in all, we've been around for five years now, in the entire time, we've never had to use a dental specialist. It's, a, it's not just, you know, a, a general practitioner that's doing a dental. She had to have her jaw reconstructed by Jeez. a specialist. So we Ooh. had a single mom. I, I posted the picture on our, our social media. We did raise a considerable amount of money from that. But we had a single mom who couldn't afford to give a lot, but she saw that picture of this poor dog, and she donated what she could to our fundraiser for her. That's for three months. Three months later... Her cat ended up having a kind of a freak accident. Her cat was, I think, 17 at the time. And she ended up needing that exact same dental specialist. We were able to help her after she donated to help somebody else. And then being so grateful, she actually did a fundraiser for our organization through her work. And basically, we earned probably five or six times the amount of money that we actually dedicated to her case. Wow. So it kind of shows the full circle and the spirit of our mission yes exactly love spreads exactly <laughs> well thank you so much Reese for your um, insight and what you do uh, we are out of time so if you'd like to know more about fairy tale endings everyone you can visit fairytaleendings.org perfect you got it alrighty thank well, you thank so you. much 
Thank you. Thank you to our guests and our show producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for show, please email me, Beverly at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>